Matthew chapter number 21. We are inching closer to the end of Matthew. And uh, of course, we know the culmination of Matthew is the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ, uh, the gospel. And so everything is leading to that point, the purpose of Jesus coming to this earth. And so as we get closer, we see that Jesus, in this entire time of his ministry, which is the majority of what we've studied in Matthew, has been preparation for that. But as we get closer, the preparation ramps up. And uh, the, the, the closer we get to when Jesus is going to be betrayed and go to the cross and die and be buried and then rise again three days later, uh, the closer we get to that, uh, the, the, the more preparation uh, that is going to be involved both for Jesus and for his disciples. And so uh, as we begin today in looking at these three chapters, there's, there's really two thoughts that I want to look at. And the first one is I want to think about that, that preparation uh, that Jesus is going through uh, for the purpose that he has come to earth to fulfill, uh, the preparation for the purpose. And as we look at these three chapters, really, if you were to summarize it, we are seeing Jesus facing more opposition, more opposition from the religious crowd, uh, from the circumstances around him. As he moves closer to the purpose of, of dying and, and rising again for the salvation of the world, we find that there's more opposition. And so as we think about that idea of preparation, as we think about that idea of growth, moving towards whatever purpose God has for us in our life, uh, I want us to think about this as we start that preparation and growth always involves testing. Preparation and growth always involves testing. You think about it. As you went through school, uh, whether it was grade school or middle school or high school, or those of you that have been in college and finished college, every time that you had to advance, every time that you had to move on, uh, every time that you had to finish a time of preparation, it involved testing. In order to move on to the next grade, you had to pass test. In order to move on to the next level of college studies, you had to pass a test. Uh, you can't get your driver's license, hopefully, uh, without passing a test. Uh, you cannot enter some types of occupation, uh, taking a medical exam, uh, passing the bar exam to become a lawyer. You have to pass a test in order uh, to enter those occupations. And so life is a process, both literally and figuratively, it's a process of preparation and testing. And so as we look at this idea of testing for a few minutes, of preparation, I want us to see it with that purpose in mind, that it is preparation for the purpose that is coming. Uh, we've talked about this before, uh, that sometimes God's uh, preparation comes packaged as pain, as testing, as, as suffering. Uh, and, and, and I want us to make sure that as we think about preparation, as we think about uh, testing, and the, the pain that we have to go through, the opposition that we face as we move forward for the Lord, I don't want us to just look at it in a vacuum. I don't want us to just look at pain and suffering as pain and suffering by itself, because that's the worst thing that we could do. We've said before uh, that nobody likes pain without a purpose. Nobody likes pain uh, without a purpose. I've, I've said this before. I don't like to endure pain 
just for pain's sake. You know, uh, a lot of us, you probably have a very high pain tolerance. Okay? Men, for the most part, have a very high pain tolerance. But a lot of times, men have a bad rap when they get sick because then they act like babies. All right, Ladies, you want to know why men act like that when they get sick? It's because there's no purpose behind that pain. All right, uh, We can act all manly and macho when we're working and we stub our toe or chop a finger off or you know maybe not that far. But uh, we, can, we can endure a lot of pain, and this is just in general, we can endure a lot of pain when we see a purpose behind it. If we don't see a purpose behind it, if we're just enduring pain for pain's sake, well, that's no fun at all. Um, when, when, we, when we experience, let's say, let's call it negative pain, pain that has no purpose, pain that is just pain for pain's sake, uh, that's weakening pain, uh, that's sickness, that's illness, um, that's eventually leading to death. You know, when, when you have a cold and there's no reason for you to have a cold except for the fact that you have a cold, you're not going to get any benefit out of having that cold. Maybe your immune system will be a little bit better. But there's no benefit to you having that cold. That's frustrating. Uh, but when we endure, let's call it positive pain, uh, positive pain is pain that will produce results, pain that will lead to growth, pain uh, that will lead to strengthening. Pain uh, that will lead to a purpose. You know, that's pain of when you work out one day and the next day you're sore all over and you can't move. Uh, yes, you may be in pain, but there's a reason for that. Your muscles are, are growing and building and, and uh, breaking down and expanding and, and your, your cardiovascular system is moving and, 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 and improving and your lung function, your breathing is getting better. And yes, you may be in pain, but there's a purpose for that pain. And uh, as we look at pain, as we look at suffering, as we look at testing the opposition that we face, as we move closer to God's purpose in our life, we have to think of it that way, that there is a purpose behind it. Because when people can see a purpose behind their pain, as we've said before, they can endure a lot of pain. When people see the purpose behind their pain, they can endure a lot of pain. Why could Jesus endure the cross? Why does the Bible say that Jesus endured the cross and despised its shame? Why? For the glory that was set before him. The glory, the joy that was set before him. Uh, the joy of being reunited with his father one day. The joy of, of restoring mankind to God. The joy of allowing each of us being able to be in relationship with him to God. Why could Jesus endure the cross? Why could he endure that pain? Why? Because there was a purpose behind his pain. He saw the purpose to his pain. And because of that, we follow his example. We follow his example. 1 Peter 2, 1, 21 says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Jesus suffered, seeing a purpose in his pain, and he wants us to do the same. Uh, Peter says in chapter 1 and verse number 6, this is where he greatly rejoiced. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness, excuse me, through manifold temptations, that the trial, the testing of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glorying at the appearing of Jesus Christ. There's, there's a purpose. 
Peter says you can rejoice in the suffering. You can rejoice in the trial of your faith because there's a purpose behind it. Uh, We find that in James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus who had joy before him. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or testings. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. There's a product. There's a reason for it. But let patience have a perfect work that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That word perfect means complete, mature. Your trial, your pain, your suffering, the opposition that you faith that you face is it's growing you. It's preparing you for God's purpose. Uh, again, God's preparation sometimes comes packaged as pain. But the one thing I want to focus on today as we look at the example of Jesus in these three chapters in Matthew is this. The closer you get to God's purpose for your life, the stronger the opposition becomes. The closer you get to God's purpose in your life, the stronger the opposition to it becomes. And that's what we're seeing here in Jesus' ministry. He's getting closer to the cross. Chapter-wise, we're only a couple of chapters away from when he's going to be betrayed and go to the cross and pay the price for our sin. And so the opposition is becoming greater. And the devil, and, and through the religious crowd, those that have, have opposed Jesus for his entire ministry, they're working overtime. The closer you get to God's purpose for your life, the stronger the opposition to it becomes. Uh, In another passage, but similar, we see this in Luke 13. It says, The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying to him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. Now this is unusual. This is like the only time that you see in Jesus' ministry where someone other than the religious crowd is trying to to persecute Jesus. And we've got Herod here that is doing it. Herod wants to kill him. You know, whether that was true or not, we don't know. But they said it was. And so this is, I love Jesus' reply. He says, but he said unto them, go ye and tell that fox. Just this the king. Go, go tell that fox. This is, this is in my mind, this is Jesus saying, I'm Jesus, the son of God. You're not going to tell me to do anything. Uh, go ye and tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils and I do cures today and tomorrow And the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. Jesus says, I'm going forth to my purpose. I see my purpose. I'm I'm teaching, I'm healing, and I'm going to die and rise again on the third day, and nobody is going to stop me. But he did see. We see the opposition. We see uh, the, the testing that is coming to Jesus as he moves closer to God's purpose. The Apostle Paul said this. Uh, He said that a great and effectual door has been opened to me. This is before he goes into Macedonia. He said a great and effectual door has been opened to me. I'm getting closer to God's purpose. I see the opportunity that God has presented. And, not but, and, they go hand in hand. There are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. I'm getting closer to God's purpose, but there is opposition. And and as we think about this for our own lives, certainly we know that as Jesus was moving toward his purpose, the purpose, going to the cross and dying for mankind, uh, we see Paul with this huge opportunity to go reach the Gentile world in Europe, going into Macedonia. 
And, and sometimes as we think of God's purpose, um, we think that as we move to that, the answer to those big questions, you know, who am I going to marry? Where am I going to work? Where am I going to move? Am I going to be involved in a ministry? Am I going to be involved in an occupation? Uh, the answer to those questions, as we move closer to those, we're going to face opposition. But we're not just talking about that. And certainly those do apply. Uh, but we're not just talking about that. Uh, because there are other parts of God's purpose that you may be close to realizing and accepting. Uh, there may be parts of God, God's purpose for your life uh, that you uh, may be, be in, getting engaged in, being, being ready to be involved in, uh, being ready to serve in an area, uh, being ready to embrace. You understand your responsibility to do something. You see the need in doing something spiritually, and you're ready to embrace that part of God's purpose for your life. And when we find ourselves in those moments, be ready because that's when the opposition is going to come. That's when the opposition is going to come. It may be that you are becoming faithful to church. Maybe you've never done it before. Or maybe it's been a while since you've done it. And now, man, I'm, 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 I'm going to be faithful to church. You, you see the need. You, you understand that that's a part of God's purpose. And so I, I'm going to come. And, and maybe it's not every service, but it's most services. Uh, it's the services that you can be at. You're going to be at all the services uh, and you're becoming faithful to church. Uh, maybe it's that you're, you're conquering a, a habitual sin, something that you uh, say or do or think. And you understand that it's wrong and the Holy Spirit has convicted you and, and you want to honor God by giving that sin up. And so you're memorizing scripture and you're recognizing and when you find yourself facing that temptation, you're asking the Holy Spirit to give you power and, and, and you're, you're moving towards conquering that. Or, or maybe it's that you're, 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 you see and understand and, and, and desire to be a part of reaching others with the gospel. And you see that there's a need and you see that your responsibility as a believer is to share the gospel and to make other disciples. And you, you're, you're, you, you feel like you're right there and you see people all around you. And every time that you see them, you think, man, I wonder if they know Christ. I wonder if they know Jesus. I wonder if they're following him. And you're moving closer to being bold enough to finally have a conversation with them and share your faith. Listen, don't be surprised that after you have a breakthrough spiritually, you have a breakdown somewhere else. Don't be surprised when you have a breakthrough spiritually that you have a breakdown somewhere else. Because it's going to happen. Now, it may not be in that area that God is showing you his purpose. It may not be in that particular part of your life where you are seeing or realizing or ready to do something for God. In. It may be in a completely different area, but it's still going to be opposition. You know, if you're, if you're finding yourself... You, you, you want to be faithful to church and you've been faithful to church. Well, don't be surprised that when that comes, that there becomes opposition in other areas. Maybe work starts calling a whole lot more for Sunday. Uh, maybe uh, school becomes a whole lot more and Sunday is, in your mind, the only day that you can catch up. Uh, or maybe just your schedule between work and school and everything is so much greater and Sunday's the only time that you're able to rest and, and the times that services comes. Or, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's just the busyness of life. Or maybe, maybe a vehicle breaks down. I don't know. You're sick. We find in those times when we're close to fulfilling God's purpose. 
Or, or maybe, you know, we, it may not be related to anything else, but you're close to fulfilling God's purpose and all of a sudden you start having financial difficulties. I have given up, uh, I'll just say this, I've given up on having everything in my life all together at the same time. I've just given up, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to discourage anybody that thinks that you can do that. Uh, but it seems like if, if this area is going well, ministry is going well, then something's going wrong in another place. You know, if, if this is going right, then the car is breaking down. And this is going right, and I'm sick. And this is going right, and I have to worry about another dog. Uh, this is going, <laughs> uh, there's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be opposition. Listen, don't be surprised that after you have a breakthrough spiritually, you have a breakdown in other areas. Uh, we see this in the life of the disciples. We saw it in the life of Jesus. He has a... He gets baptized. What's the very next thing that happens to him? He goes into the wilderness and is tempted of the devil. Has to fast 40 days and 40 nights. We see this in the life of the disciples. Uh, the disciples, we read earlier, uh, they were sent out on their first evangelistic crusade in, in Matthew chapter number 10. They're going to go and do what Jesus has been teaching and showing them how to do. They're going to go out and do it. And they're going to have a wonderful time. What happens when they get back? Immediately, not about Jesus, but about the disciples. Immediately. Uh, they, they go out and feed the 5,000. Wonderful miracle. What happens right after that? They get on a boat and have to face a storm by themselves, without Jesus. Of course, we know Jesus comes walking on the water. Uh, what happens then? Uh, okay, we didn't really study it, but in the previous chapters, Jesus and the disciples enter into Jerusalem for that holy week. And it's a time of rejoicing. And he's riding on the donkey. And, and they're putting their palm branches down and their coats on the road. And they're saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And the whole city's come out. And they're so happy that Jesus is a wonderful, exciting, rejoicing time. And what happens? The Pharisees come out again. There's going to be opposition. There's opposition whenever we get close, whenever we're moving towards God's purpose. But listen, okay? Listen. Listen. The fire of testing, no matter where it comes from, no matter where it comes from, is designed to serve the same purpose, and that's to prepare us for God's purpose. The fire of testing, no matter where it comes from. Okay, think with me for a moment of the story of Job. We know Job lost everything, right? Right at the beginning, Satan comes to God and says, uh, or God, God points him out. Thanks a lot, God. Uh, points out Job and says, have you considered my servant Job? Have you taken a look at Job, Satan? Man, this guy's sharp. Satan said, well, you know, if you take your hand off of him and get rid of all his things, you've just been blessing him and that's why Job is so faithful to you. And God says, go for it. And so Satan comes down and, and through several different circumstances, it's not all just one thing. It's several different circumstances Satan takes away all the wealth that Job had. And some of it was other people. Some of it was other people. And in one of the, the instances, the Sabaeans come and take away, I think it's all his camels, kill all his servants. Sometimes it's other people. Uh, sometimes it's, it's just nature. It's just natural, the natural course of life. And, and uh, fire comes down and consumes other sheep. I don't know how natural that is. But sometimes it's just natural or hail came down and, and destroyed another part of his, his wealth. Sometimes it's just circumstances. All of his kids happen to be in the same house on this one day. Circumstances. And then a tornado came up and flattened the house. And they all died. So circumstances, these testings, these trials, 
they come in a lot of different ways. They come from other people. They just come from the course of life around us. And sometimes it's just the circumstances that we find ourselves in. But all of them have a purpose. All of them have a purpose. Listen, all of them have the purpose to confirm your decision to follow Jesus. All of them have that purpose to confirm your decision to follow Jesus. You know, when Jesus is, is, is calling his disciples and he called the 12 and then there were others that wanted to follow Jesus. You know, the, the one fellow that came to Jesus said, I'll follow you. And Jesus said, well, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. It was a test. What are you going to follow through with? You know, I have decided to follow Jesus. Are you going to follow through with that? That's the testing that you find. When you, you, if you've made a decision to be faithful to the Lord in church and, and work starts calling or, or, or just the busyness of life starts going. And I understand there are some circumstances and things that we cannot get around. And certainly I'm not, not judging anyone that has to work or is sick or goes out of town on vacation. We all need to do those things. And that's a great thing. But when you be here, then what? I will follow. Uh, it, it's a test. The tests are the purpose of confirming our decision. Uh, it's the purpose to reveal any weakness that we have. Any weakness. You know, we refer to it as, as the fire of testing. The fire of testing. Well, well, Zechariah and Peter both refer to it as fire. Uh, Zechariah refers to it as a refiner's fire. Look at 1 Peter 4. It says, Beloved, think it not strange. First of all, be expecting it. Beloved, thinking not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing should happen unto you. Well, a fire, at least in, in this time, was designed to reveal any weakness, any impurities in metal. Uh, whether it was gold or silver or bronze, whatever metal it was, they would put it through the fire and that would reveal impurities that were maybe hidden below the surface or, or maybe a, a crack that was there that needed to be sealed. It would reveal the weakness. And in our lives, these, this pressure, if you will, it reveals weakness. It reveals, hey, if you put some pressure on me, am I still, again, am I going to stay faithful to my decision or do I have weakness there? Do I, do I, need, to, to, do I need to build up my character? Do I need to ask God uh, to help me have strength to do this? Do I need to ask somebody else to help keep me accountable? It reveals uh, our weakness. Uh, it strengthens our reliance. It strengthens our reliance. When you are faced with oppression, when you are faced with uh, pressure, a testing, as you're trying to move forward and fulfill God's purpose, you believe there's something that God wants you to do. There's, you believe there's something that you, you should be doing. You're facing with oppression, pushing you back and making it harder uh, to do that. God says, well, maybe this is because you need me more. Maybe this is because you need to rely on me. Maybe this is because you cannot overcome this uh, by yourself. The Bible says in Psalm 23, 73, 25, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. And then I think that it also deepens our commitment. It deepens our commitment. When we're faced with oppression or testing, 
when we're moving towards God's purpose. There, there's something I know I should be doing. There's something I know I should be learning. There's someone I know I should be helping. And we find that should deepen our commitment. First of all, it tells us we're on the right track. It tells us we're moving in the right direction. You know, I'm going to deepen our commitment. Man, I'm just going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going, to, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to ask God to show me my weakness. I'm going to tell him that I need him. And I'm going to keep on moving. I'm going to keep on going. That oppression. And, and then, as we see here in Job, Job, again, the guy that lost everything, he understood that this time of, of testing, this time of pressure, had a purpose. Verse 23, or verse 10, it says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When he hath tried me, when I go through the fire, I'm going to come through, I'm going to come through it as something better. I'm going to come through it as something uh, better than I was. And so we find that, that Jesus is moving towards his purpose. He's finding oppression. He's finding, he's finding opposition. As he gets closer to God's purpose. You and I, we, we, as we move closer to God's purpose, there, there is going to be opposition. There is going to be opposition. Uh, what does the Bible say? Uh, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus. Like Jesus, godly, shall suffer persecution. It's going to come. It will happen. Think it not strange. And so we need to make sure that as we face it, that we're looking at it the right way, that we're looking at it with purpose, that we're looking at it uh, trying to learn and see what God has for us. If nothing else, if it's not something about us, if it's not something about the circumstances, God, what are you trying to teach me about you? God, how are you trying to bring me closer to you? God, how are you trying to allow me to rely more on you? There's a purpose for all of that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop there because... I've got a lot more to say and uh, not a whole lot of time to say it in. So we're going to go ahead and stop there for right now. And we'll pick up with this uh, here next week.